Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today, listening to Glocal News in Social Artistry here on KOPN, your community radio station out of Columbia, Missouri. Uh, we're glad you're with us. I'm your host, Dick Dalton, and each week we have the pleasure of talking to someone who's building a more humane world from the inside out. And this week, my guest here on Zoom, but uh, you're hearing the recording of our conversation that was taken just a few days ago, is Mark Schlier, the archivist down at Lincoln University, where I had the pleasure of teaching for 30 years. Uh, hi, Mark. Dr. Dalton, it's a pleasure. <laughs> oh, and you know, these people that call me Dr. Dalton, you, you kind of know where we got acquainted. <laughs> hey, Mark. I, I had your class. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, that's right. Uh, wow, that was back a, a day or two. Uh, uh, yeah, quite a while ago. Yeah. Uh, how'd it go? Did you did you pass, Mark? Uh, I was one of the ones that didn't have to take the final. So yes, I got an A <laughs> in the class. <laughs> well, well, we might mention that uh, the reason you didn't have to take the final is because each student had the opportunity to pick a variety of uh, ways to earn points. And if you just racked up the points with all these different little things you could do, hey, why take the final? You already got your points. That was my way of, of taking the load off of me in terms of grading and giving grades. It was all up to the student as to what they wanted to do to make their points. Well, I, when I took your class, it was uh, one of the first I had taken uh, college courses I'd taken in several years, and it was nice to be back in uh, academic environment. And I really, I really enjoyed the experience. And, and uh, you're you're quite a legend on our campus. <laughs> I love it, <laughs> the legend of Dr. Dalton. <laughs> well. A uh, part of that legend is they used to call me Crazy Dick, uh, but uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> whatever works. Uh, that's cool. So, Mark, you're a what? Uh, not just a bachelor's degree, but you've gotten a master's degree recently. Uh, well, actually, in 2007, I got my master's degree. Oh, okay. At, at at LU, yes, at Lincoln, a master's degree in history. Well, I I saw this picture on Facebook. It was dated 2019, but it might have been an old picture. Oh, was was that me in my cap and gown? Yeah. I think that was like a, a memory that I had reposted. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fool, fooled me. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you got your master's back in 07, did you say? Yes. Or, yeah. yes. Great. At Lincoln. And right uh, what was the master's in business administration? Uh, master's in history. Oh, history. I should do better with my homework, Mark. Uh, I should I should go to an archivist and, <laughs> and get some real straight. Oh, you are an archivist. Yes. Well, what does an archivist do at, at, at a uh, college well, like this? Okay. Normally, most archivists, when uh, their duties concern, are, concern, are concerned with management, preservation and accessibilities of the records and holdings of their institution but lincoln is kind of a 
at Lincoln, we do that, but we're, we're kind of a, a different uh, type of institution. And uh, one of the things I have to do is outreach, you know, education of, about the history of the school. And I also do a lot of research into the history of the school as well. And uh, those are the parts I really enjoy. The record keeping is uh, necessary, but I'm afraid uh, in the last year or so, since we had the centennial, we kind of uh, neglected that, and we're coming back to that this fall after homecoming. <laughs> so this this uh, celebration was Lincoln being what 150? No, what's what, what we had the sesquicentennial for the university in uh, 2016, but uh, 2021 was the 100th anniversary of Lincoln Institute becoming oh. Lincoln University. Oh, okay. See, I'd already gone 2015, so I uh, I kind of got lost uh, or missed. missed it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's one thing that I would encourage uh the new president and others to uh, keep in mind is that some of us old teachers would really like to stay connected rather than having our email cut off and, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, because we're, I mean, 30 years I worked there and uh, that that's a big part of my life. And I, I'd like to, you know, keep uh, on, keep tabs on what's going on. Uh, understandable yeah well uh you're not from jeff city is that i am born and raised oh really so look yes, at that sir. i need fifth, to talk to an archivist fifth, fifth generation jeff city i i noticed that you pronounce it archivist yes that's the proper well either one's i i was told it was archivist when i started so i Stuck with a bit. Archivist is okay. Doesn't, doesn't rankle me at all. <laughs> so, grew up in Jefferson City. Um, yes, sir. And I noticed that you started some college in Warrensburg. Yes. Uh, got my bachelor's in history and political science at Central Missouri State, which is now UCM, I suppose, uh, in 82. Yeah come from a big family uh, uh four sisters and one brother yeah saw some great pictures of you all getting back together uh, on your facebook oh, page you've been spying on me well you know, well they call it research i guess that's but, what it yeah. is it's research yeah. we, we we've had some of our nieces and nephews get married uh oh about three of them in the last couple of years and uh my siblings and I have gotten together and we had a big family reunion last summer down at the Lake, Lake of the Ozarks, which was very enjoyable. And we had a, just had a blast and a lot of laughter. <laughs> well, uh, you know, one of those pictures that someone posted on your Facebook page was uh, you as a J.C. Penny model. Uh, uh, that was a <laughs> joke. I, I, I was... I think I was in grade school, seventh or eighth grade, and I was doing a pose. Um, 
for a picture that my mom took and my my sister Vicky kind of ran with that and embellished on it and just embarrassed the heck out of me. <laughs> I didn't think it'd ever pop up again. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. Well, hey, we can look back now and and enjoy it, huh? Yeah. 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 Uh, what was Jeff City like back when you grew up? Uh, has has it changed a lot since then? Mm, well, in ways it has, in some ways it hasn't. Um, it's spread out a little more. You know, there's a lot more people. Uh, my family had a hardware store on um, High Street for well over 100 years, Schlitter Brothers Hardware. Oh. And I have a lot of memories of how High Street used to be the, uh, you know, the business center of the town. And then uh, I guess uh, Missouri Boulevard expanded and then uh, the mall came in and then you started getting the bigger stores, you know, the superstores, uh, Walmarts and whatnot, and just uh, kind of lost that that small town quaintness, if you want to call it, mm -hmm. uh, when we, you know, had the high street business district. I mean, there's still places up there, but it's not quite as dominant as it was at one time. Mm -hmm. um, did you work in the uh, store? Yes, I did. I actually, um, I started working there at 10 at, 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 uh, when I was 10 years old after schooling on weekends, sweeping up floors and things like that. And um, I worked there until, you know, off and on, you know, when I wasn't in school until 1983, when my father decided to close the business. Mm -hmm. You and I had somewhat similar uh, upbringing that way. My dad had a business on the main street, uh, Broadway in Columbia. Oh. And, uh, women's clothing store and i kind of grew up sweeping the floors and mm -hmm. uh, you know going to the post office and wrapping yep. christmas presents and all that sort of thing yeah good uh good training for uh so uh what was your awareness of lincoln university back then well first thing i really remember about lincoln is when the homecoming parade when i was a young boy worked um working or being up at the hardware store we'd come up to watch the homecoming parade and wow they sure put on a show and it was just wonderful hearing them uh the band and watching them march down the street and i thought this is really great uh i think in about third grade at that time lincoln lincoln university had a laboratory school mm -hmm. and they had a summer school this is in the mid 60s and my older, my brother, Dave, and my uh, older sister, Kathy, and then two of my younger sisters, Jean and Mary, and I, mom, dad said, you guys are going to summer school at Lincoln. Hmm. Said, Why do we have to go to summer school? We pass all our classes. Go, You're getting out of the house this summer. <laughs> so uh, we did that for three years. And that was my first really hands-on experience with, with Lincoln uh, University. And uh, by the way, I learned how to swim down at Community Pool, which mm -hmm. was you know, located on the foot, the Dunklin and uh, Lafayette location. And I have, that was my first real interaction with uh, people of color. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 
I had a very positive experience because I had some really nice teachers and I found out when I was going through school, elementary and, and secondary, that the majority of my teachers graduated from Lincoln wow. because of their strong teacher ed program. Mm -hmm. Positive experience. Wow. Yes, very much so. <clears throat> and uh, did that have anything to do with you coming back to Lincoln? Well, I had taken summer classes at Lincoln when I was at uh, UCM when I was home a couple summers. Oh. And uh, after I graduated, I, I got into retail, uh, having a degree in history of political science. I really couldn't find much in the field. And then I'd always been, you know, connected with retail. So I went with that and I worked some other odd jobs. Uh, I was a tour guide at the Capitol for a couple of years. Uh, I, I worked construction uh, uh, for a while and uh, I was a DJ in uh, several uh, night spots in Jeff City for about 15 years. And uh, in 2000, uh, I lost my job in retail due to the company being sold and I started substitute teaching mm. and I really, really got a, a fever as far as education and, and seeing, you know, students learn. I said, I want to do this. And I was talking to teachers, talking to principals that I worked for. And they all said, well, if you're going to go get certified to teach, go to Lincoln because it's got a really good teacher ed program. And so mm -hmm. I started taking part-time classes in about, let's see, 2001 until uh, about 2003. Then my dad passed away and, and I kind of uh, had to take a break from things after that. And then 2006, I went back to school full-time and to work on my master's in history and get certified to teach social studies uh, for high school, and I was on track in the summer of 2007, and I got a part-time job at Page Library on the campus, and I wanted to make some money so I didn't have to work while I was student teaching because I wanted to concentrate on that, so I was finishing up my master's, and I was going to student teach in the fall, and everything was falling into place, and my boss at the library uh, the library director, Mrs. Liz Wilson, um, about three days in, she found out I was getting a master's and she asked me if I wanted to be the night librarian. And I said, well, you know, I really wanted to come back to school and be a history teacher for high school. And she said, well, here's the job bulletin. And so I looked at it and I go, these guys make a lot more money than high school teachers. And, and I thought, <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm 47 years old. I'm going to have to market myself. These guys are already offering me a position which pays more than the one I'm actually looking for. So I took it and I worked as a night librarian for um, two years. And during that time, I was uh, assisting uh, my predecessor in the archives, Carmen Beck, with research. And I really started learning about the history of the school and it just got very enamored with it. And when Carmen left in 2009, Mrs. Wilson asked me if I wanted to be the archivist. And that was a good decision, a nice uh, 
option for me because I had just gotten married at 50 years old. <laughs> and I thought my wife would like it if I weren't working until midnight. And I also <laughs> thought this would be a better avenue for my skills, if you want to call it that, um, as a historian, instead of, you know, just telling kids to be quiet in the library. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really got to uh, uh, enjoy working with the history and the, the, the heritage of the school. And, and, and I'm just a huge fan of it. That was a fascinating way of... Uh... <laughs> that was a long-winded <laughs> run there, but... No, no, I, I'm thinking just how the windows opened up for you. I got lucky. Yeah, well, I, I felt the same thing. It. Yeah, me too. Me too. And Lincoln you know, was great for me, and it's been good for you. Yeah, well, here, here's, you know, if you want to call it karma or fate or kismet, um, I had had some graduate hours at Warrensburg, but that was like you know, 20 years before. And I thought, well, they're not going to be able to transfer. And Roger Youngmeyer, Dr. Roger Youngmeyer, my mm -hmm. advisor, mm -hmm. he said, it's history classes. They'll transfer. Nothing's changed in history. <laughs> so that let me graduate a semester earlier than planned. So if Mrs. Wilson you know, hadn't, you know, I, I was there when Mrs. Wilson needed somebody and I was available. And if it, if it hadn't worked out that way, I don't know what would have happened. Cool. Roger Youngmeyer. Uh, yeah. Has he retired? Yes, he has. He retired uh, last year and uh, he, uh, he does a lot of um, historical research for local churches in Cole County. Oh. Uh, yeah. He, he keeps busy. Cool. Cool. Yeah, remember him well. Well, uh, we're going to take a, a short a break to say hi to the listening audience. Uh, welcome, folks, again to Glocal News in Social Artistry here on your favorite community radio station, KOPN. Uh, you can find us at kopn.org if you like to uh, see all the many, many diverse programs that we have uh, the talk shows, the news, the the music. Oh my, the music is such a, a diverse uh, uh, bunch of things on our menu. Just go to kopn.org and go to programs and and feast on uh, the variety of things that that we have to offer here in Columbia, Missouri. That no place else will you find such diversity, uh, which is a little bit like. Uh, what we find at Lincoln University, my guest today is Mark Schlier, the archivist down at uh, the library <laughs> at, at Lincoln. Uh, Mark was uh, in one of my classes back a few uh, days ago, <laughs> <laughs> as we say. Uh, and uh, we're kind of reminiscing about uh, his journey of getting to Lincoln. And uh, we're glad you're with us. Uh, we appreciate your support on uh, for KOPN. And uh, we will continue now with Mark Schlier. So, Mark, uh, you 
you know, this show is kind of a build as uh, people that are building a more humane world from the inside out. And sometimes people ask, well, what does the inside out stuff mean? And I like to say that, well, we have to do some work on the inside of us before we can be able to go out and build a humane world on the outside of us. So I know from some of your postings and, and uh, uh, your transparency with folks that, that you've had some work to do on the inside. And I wondered if you uh, felt comfortable in sharing some of your story on that with our listening audience. I, I don't mind at all. So um, there was, well, let's just say uh, you've been in recovery for a number of years. Uh, can you kind of, as a historian, sort of give <laughs> the, con the context for what that means? Uh, May 10th, 2005. That's my uh, sobriety date. May 10th, 2005. Wow. When I had your class before that, uh, no, I was never, <laughs> I, I was never, uh, uh, no, I didn't use anything before I went to your class. Well, uh, what are we talking about? Are we talking about uh, alcohol? Okay, something that uh, you think is genetic or was it uh, something that uh, that, that is that is genetic in my family I mm -hmm. uh, had several uh, I had a great great uncle who was an alcoholic and my grandfather was alcoholic uh, and it just seems to uh, you know run in our family you know mm -hmm. skipping here and there and, and uh, yeah that's uh, you know, and, and I'm not going to blame that on anybody but me, but, you know, I guess we were genetically, what, transposed or something. Pre predisposed, to, yeah. Predisposed, thank you. There you go, uh, yeah. To, uh -huh. uh, to that, and that's just something that made it even worse for me. But mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, well, you went through... Uh college uh, over in Warrensburg, a fraternity. Uh, yes. Did you start noticing uh, things at that time? Oh, yeah. But I had it under control. Oh, I know I did. I had it under control. I <laughs> told myself. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of partying going on. And then um, when I got out of school, I had a part-time job. And I did this in Jefferson City for about the next 15 years. And I was working in nightclubs over town. I worked at uh, Veets. I worked at Cordials. I worked at TG's and I worked at Bones mm. as a disc jockey. Mm -hmm. And um, we were allowed to imbibe while on the job. And I, I took, uh, I took advantage of that in a, in a big way. And mm -hmm. that probably contributed as well. I'm not saying, you know, but I was the one that made the choice to do that. But uh, the, the opportunity was there, so it, it uh, kind of compounded the situation. So I'm, uh, as a teacher, part of my teaching was drug education. 
mm-hmm. uh, as as one of the sections of my basic class, but also a separate class on drug education. And uh, I, I might just mention that one of the books that I used was uh, one by a Dr. Gabor Mate. Uh, his book was called In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts. And interestingly, he uh, was just interviewed yesterday on Democracy Now! by Amy Goodman because of his newest book, uh, The Myth of Normal, I believe he calls it. And uh, he, his um, forte, let's say, is in addiction. And what impressed me and I think some of the students was his compassion for the people that are dealing with addictions. And I would say that you, uh, we all probably have some kind of addiction, but some are more pronounced and some have more health effects than others. Um, So understanding the compassion uh, for yourself and how others can have compassion. um, How did you uh, come, what kind of help did you have to come to that May 10th, uh, 2005? Well, I had made several attempts to quit, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I would go brief periods of time, but it got so bad that I was, you know, physically addicted. Mm-hmm. To alcohol, I couldn't fun- function physically mm-hmm. unless I had alcohol in my system. Mm-hmm. And I went in to uh, the emergency room in <clears throat> August of 2004. And I, I got to admit, I didn't tell this right at the beginning, but I have a panic disorder. And so I had had medication for that, mm-hmm. um, Xanax and Klonopin over time. And I was drinking on top of that. I was really <laughs> living on the edge. Mm-hmm. And I finally just felt so horrible, so helpless that I went into the emergency room and they put me in <clears throat> four North at St. Mary's, which was you know the psychiatric ward. Mm-hmm. And I detoxed. Mm-hmm. And I felt great. I felt good. And I I stayed on the straight and narrow. I didn't do, I didn't get any, you know, going to any support groups or anything like that. I had opportunities, but it's like, no, I got this. This is okay. Um, and I never did any more of the pills, but about a month and a half later, I decided, well, I can have a beer. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have a beer and it just started steamrolling from there. And finally on May 10th, I decided I had a bottle of vodka and I said, I'm going to drink this bottle of vodka and I am going to, and if I don't feel any different, I'm going to get help. Hmm. You know, 
and it was just the same numb sadness and you know pain and so i went to the emergency room and they put me in four north again mm -hmm. and i was there for four days and i felt good and they recommended that i go to rehab down at cedar ridge at uh, camdenton and i said i'll go mm -hmm. so i packed up some stuff you know you're going to be down there 21 days I packed up some stuff and I was driving down there to Camdenton and it's on the same exit that you go to the water park down there. So I got off on that exit and I'm going on the overpass and I see the sign, you know, going back towards Jeff city. I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. And then I said, no, I better go down to Cedar Ridge because th this is really my last shot. Mm. So went down there and I got some help. I got some great help down there. And, and it, it opened my eyes to a lot of things about not only being, uh, not only quitting drinking, but being sober, which are not necessarily the same thing. Mm -hmm. you know, and oh, go ahead. The, was your graduation then on May the 5th? Or May, what? Uh, May 10th. May 10th. No, that was that was the day I, I I stopped. That was the day of my last drink. Ah, okay. And yeah. then you went to Cedar Ridge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know when you took my class if uh, this was part of what was going on, but over the years there were numerous alcoholics that were in my class, and some of them asked if they could use my classroom as a opportunity for them to give their um, testimony. Yeah. And uh, I remember there were three different uh, gentlemen that over the years would come to classes um, when beyond the time that they were taking the class and share their testimony. I don't know if that was going on when you were. I, I don't recall that. Yeah. Anyway, it was a powerful um, way for students that probably had never heard uh, a testimony from someone that is uh, recovering from addiction. And uh, I think that's kind of what we're doing today is giving that well, testimony. Well, you know, I, I, I make the post on um, Facebook every year on May 10th, and it's not that I am boasting or bragging is the fact that I would like to share that with people who may be in need of help to show them that it's possible for you to do that. You know, and, and I never thought that I'd get out of that rut. I never thought I'd be able to crawl out of that hole. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a vicious cycle for me. It's like, if I don't have a drink, I'll die. And if I don't quit drinking, I'll die. Mm -hmm. and, and I was finally able to get out of that. And, it, and it, there was help available. There was help possible. I couldn't do it by myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the most uh, poignant stories that one of my students in his testimony was giving was that uh, he was driving from Jeff City east toward Lynn. And he... Uh, 
was supposed to be going to a rehab, <laughs> but he was driving away, and uh, he he wanted to die, and so he pulled into the left lane. Oh my! And that was he was he was saying, "I'm I've got to end this. This is what I got to do." And he had the thought, "I don't want to die like my father." And he pulled over into the right <clears throat> lane and turned around and uh, went back and did another round of rehab. It seems to be that it takes folks sometimes more than one uh, run at uh, getting, you know, help. Uh, I know I know a lot of people that have gone more than once. And I think if, you know, if it only took one time, you know, it'd be a lot easier but it's you know it's i i'm never you know i'm never going to be a recovered alcoholic i'm always going to be in recovery you know mm -hmm. could i could i go out and have a drink maybe but i'm not going to take that chance right. because that may be you know the last time i'll be able, ever be able to stay sober so i'm i'm not risking that because Everything I've done since I got sober has been very rewarding, and I don't want to. I don't want to screw that up. <laughs> well, by the way, speaking of rewarding, and since then, did you meet Marguerite after that? Yes, <clears throat> and as a matter of fact, we met online on eHarmony.com in, in May of two thousand nine. So oh, about okay. uh, four years, no, yeah, 2009. So four years after I got sober mm -hmm. and um, I hadn't been in a relationship for a long time. And uh, I don't know, we just clicked. We, we met in May and we, you know, uh, corresponded through the eHarmony system. And then we just finally said, hey, let's just call each other. And she lived in Mississippi hmm. and we met in Memphis in per person in August. So May, June, July, August. And she came up to Jefferson city for a week. And then two weeks after that on Labor Day weekend, I flew down to Jackson to visit her and I proposed and we were married in October. Wonderful. So, a whirlwind romance. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have some great pictures on uh, on your Facebook page of uh, oh, you and Marguerite, she's, and she's a she's a peach. I mean, she's <laughs> she's my rock. She keeps me steady. Wonderful, wonderful. wonderful. Well, I, I don't think I ever met her, so it'd be. A, I don't believe you have. I don't believe you have. Be a pleasure sometime. Uh, so. Uh, Good, good, good. You're you're recovering. You're actually doing a lot more than recovering. You're building a more humane world in all that you seem to be doing. And I'd like to use the rest of our time to kind of talk about the different projects that you've been involved in as an archivist and outside of uh, Lincoln. You probably have had some projects that you've worked with. So uh, what what are you doing? 
Well, we just finished an exhibit at the library called Lincolnites on the Move, Activism on Campus. And it tells about, you know, movements and protests and, and uh, things that people were concerned about and took action over. And it dates all the way back from our founders up through Black Lives Matters and then a lot of stuff in between. Wow. And that's on display now? Uh, yes, it is. In the sec is it second floor of the library? Right, the main, main floor. Mm -hmm. So when I say second floor, I think you're up in your little uh, area. I, now, the, we're, we're, we're on the top floor, but it's actually the third floor. The second floor is technically the main floor. Oh, okay. And first floor is on the bottom. Yeah, it's, it okay. should be, you know. I'm in the penthouse. <laughs> and that's where your your display is. Uh no, the the display is on the main floor. Oh, it's on the main floor. Okay. Yeah, in circulation. So can anybody uh just uh, drive up and come in and uh... I'm on in. Love to have you. Where's the best oh, place? To, where's oh, the best place? Where's the best place to park? Uh, well, now <laughs> school's back in session. Um Usually the parking lot's fairly full, but just right along Dunklin Street. Uh -huh. So, uh, you know, parking was always a, a bit of an issue. Um, <laughs> the residents would have their signs uh, for the city put up. Oh, don't, yeah. Don't yeah. park on, in front of our house. And then, you know, students are Lincoln is uh, at least 50% a commuter campus, right? So, oh, yeah. Students are driving in from all around. Um, well, I'm, I want to ask you about a number of people and, and some of the different things, but it looks like we're about ready for another uh, reach out to our listeners. So okay. uh, I'll say, uh, hello, folks. Uh, thanks for listening to Glocal News and Social Artistry today, whether you're uh, actually listening on the radio, which is 89.5 FM, or maybe you are catching us on your uh, KOPN.org streaming, uh, which is a really convenient way to wherever you are on your computer or phone uh, to be able to listen to a show and, and uh, whatever stuff you might be involved in. Five o'clock in the afternoon is uh, sometimes a, a commute for folks. Sometimes you're fixing supper. Sometimes you're eating supper. Uh, but we appreciate you tuning in and, and uh listening to another guest on this show that's been building a more humane world from the inside out. And my guest today is Mark Schlier, um, a, a master's in history, uh, archivist down at Lincoln University. Uh, I would say uh, uh, an old friend of mine. Yes. Yes, we, we, uh, we've had a, a history together uh, <laughs> you you were my you were my instructor, and then we became colleagues, and now we're friends. That's right. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, let's go back to Lloyd Gaines. Who's Lloyd Gaines? Oh gosh, we have a room on the top floor 
of the library. It's the uh, ethnic studies reading room, the Lloyd Gaines room. And Lloyd Gaines was a Lincoln student. He got a, hit, a degree in history at Lincoln, just like me, mm -hmm. uh, in 1935. And he wanted to go to law school at the University of Missouri. The University of Missouri said, no, you can't come to Lincoln because you can't, uh, you can't come to Mizzou or yeah, you can't come to Mizzou because you are uh, you're colored. That's what they call them. And but we what we can do is we'll send you to Illinois or Nebraska or Iowa or some other uh, some other state and we'll uh, pay your tuition. And Lloyd says, well, you know, I'm a citizen of the state of Missouri, and I'm going to go to law school in the state I, I reside in. And <clears throat> University of Missouri says, we'll see you in court then. And with the help of the NAACP, uh, it took three years, but it, they got to the U.S. Supreme Court, um, who ruled in favor of Gaines and told the state of Missouri you allow Mr. Gaines to go to law school in your state or our law school in your state at the University of Missouri or a separate but equal facility. Well, this being 1939 Missouri, I don't think that uh, the folks at MU were going to welcome Lloyd too readily, at least the administration, mm -hmm. and Lincoln got a law school. Oh, wow. In uh, 1939. I didn't know now, we had I, a law school. We did, 1939 to 1956. Now, Lloyd says, well, Lincoln's got a law school. That's nice. I'm still going to MU. And oh. they're going to go back to court. So this is early 1939. And Lloyd, it's still in the Depression. <laughs> Lloyd is looking for work. And he goes to Chicago. And he's staying at the Alpha Phi Alpha House uh, in Chicago in March of 1939. And Lloyd is a prolific letter writer. So he ran out of stamps and he told the house mother on a rainy night in March, he says, I'm going to go out and buy some stamps. I'll be right back. And nobody ever saw Lloyd Gaines again. Wow. What a mystery. Yes. And. His disappearance has never been solved. Nobody knows where he wound up. There's been several rumors that uh, he ran away. He was paid to run away. He uh, uh, was thrown in the Chicago River. He was uh, lynched. Uh, he wound up teaching high school in Harlem. He owned a bar and <laughs> grill in Mexico City. Oh, my God. Um, one of the places he, that he might have been lynched that people have suspected but never proven was in McClung Park in Jefferson City. Oh, my goodness. So rumor, 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 rumor. Yeah, that's afraid so. And I, and I don't know if that'll ever be solved. But Lloyd Gaines, his case was the first stepping stone educationally from uh, separate but equal to the Brown versus Board decision. So he's a civil rights icon. Wow. Yeah. And a Lincolnite. And a Lincolnite. Awesome. Awesome. Well, when did Lincoln become integrated? 
1954, right after Board of Education, uh, Brown Ridge Board. Because mm-hmm. I know that all kinds of people in Jeff City uh, graduated from Lincoln, white and black. Uh, Absolutely. And I, I, I just don't think it's uh, celebrated enough. I don't. It's sort of like a secret. Uh, um, there are thousands of Lincoln University alumni that live in Jefferson City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That don't recognize their alma mater. Hmm. Oh, oh, wow. Wow, that's... Uh... Or they they don't contribute. Um, mm-hmm. Jefferson City is a, is a Missouri Tiger town. Uh-huh. I hate to say that. Well, Lincoln is a blue tiger town. Uh, right. Uh, well, and, and I, I, I have to qualify that because it, it has gotten better. It has turned around, but it, it uh, seems the majority of the support is for MU. Mm-hmm. But um, the hometown school d- just doesn't get enough support. Uh-huh. Well, uh, do you know the history of blue tigers? I do. <laughs> as a matter of fact. I'm wearing uh, I'm wearing my blue tiger T-shirt today. I got my um, Lincoln blue tiger polo shirt. Um, <clears throat> well, the athletic teams at at uh, Lincoln were always known. And this is from the twenties. Were always known as the Tigers, hmm. and they wore blue uniforms. And but they were still known as the Tigers up through the time of integration. Now, after integration, when uh, local white uh, students started playing on the athletic teams, those teams started getting more coverage in the local media. And I think it was in the early 60s when uh Lincoln's football team had a, had a powerhouse and they were getting a lot of press and to distinguish them from the Missouri Tigers they started calling Lincoln the Blue Tigers mm. and that's how we got the nickname and it was a reporter at um the News Tribune that started calling that I don't recall his name but mm-hmm. it wasn't until 1982 that we officially became blue tigers as our mascot mm-hmm. cool cool so go go big blue <laughs> <laughs> well uh, i know uh, that now we have our first uh, white president um dr john mosley right yes and that's quite a historical moment uh, for lincoln university How's that going? So far, so good. Um, he, he's he been at Lincoln for, for eight years. He started out as the uh, basketball coach, and then he became athletic director. He served as the interim president for, I think, less than a year, and then he was appointed president by the Board of Curators. Uh, he's not the first white person to head the university, Um man named Richard Baxter Foster, who was right. mm-hmm. first lieutenant for the uh, 62nd U.S. Uh, Colored Regiment. Uh, he was the first. And then there was a man named Henry Smith, who also served as a principal 
in the 1870s. But yeah, it's been about 150 years since we've had a, a white person running the school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his wife uh, took over my teaching job. Uh, That's when right. I retired in <laughs> yeah. 15, Crystal, and uh, got her PhD uh, mm-hmm. shortly after that. So it's it's a it, another interesting historical um, move in terms of Lincoln's uh, trajectory. Uh, you know, reaching out is uh, this this community, Jeff City, Lincoln, kind of uh, struggle that's been going on. It Town versus gown, as they say. Ah, okay. Uh, it has, I think there's so much uh, that hasn't been done in terms of uh, Lincoln reaching out in a in ways that um, might make better connections. I, I I don't know quite how to say it, uh, but that, that's what I'm saying. What, what do you think? Well, uh, there's progress that's been made. Uh, we've had a lot of um, communication with uh, the city council and the mayor's office, the city government, mm-hmm. and uh, recognizing Lincoln. Uh, I think the uh, link facility with the the Parks and Recs and then Lincoln University has mm-hmm. been a really big success. Uh, we are getting a little more recognition around town and, and uh, like to see more of it. Uh, Some of our graduates uh, are doing very well with their businesses in yes. town. Uh, the uh, uh, Jamaica Jerk Hut and oh, yeah. uh, Crazy yeah. Fries, and there are probably many more that have popped up, uh, which has been a, a real plus for our graduates as well as for building community relationships. Um, so that's a, a real positive. Um, any other kinds of things that you know about that are going on to well, I do know that the Blue Tiger Athletic Club has had a big increase in membership since Dr. Mosley, uh, you know, revitalized it a few years ago when he was athletic director, and it still gets a lot of support. So uh, that's a nice connection to be made because, you know, people enjoy going to sports uh, events, and the attendance at football and basketball games has really been uh, pretty decent last few years. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that uh, back in the 90s, uh, we dropped football I think, right. uh, under Dr. Rayburn. Uh, and then it was attempted to be revived. <laughs> uh, is there still controversy as to whether or not Lincoln should have a football team? I really haven't heard anybody say you know let's cut the football program but i i think a lot of people are concerned about um funding and and you know the amount of money that the athletic program gets over some other uh departments but uh, 
they just, I mean, just a few years ago, they invested a lot of money in, in uh, you know, resurfacing the stadium and putting a big scoreboard in. So I think they kind of committed themselves on that. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, there's the band that uh, goes along with sports. There's uh, all the kinds of interconnections with the other HBCUs and schools that they compete with. So I can understand how there's a lot of uh, uh, historical reason to to continue with uh, sports, uh, but I I remember it being I mean I live I worked there through those years of no mm -hmm. football and football and the the controversy and just uh, wondered how it was going. Yeah, so we'll see this fall. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I, I've seen him out on the field. Uh, speaking of football, uh, James Frank yes. rings a bell. Uh, when I went there in 85, he was just leaving, I believe, as uh, mm -hmm. the president of the university. And uh, as I recall on your Facebook page picture with him. Oh, yeah. That uh, I, I guess I should have known that he was a Lincolnite himself and the only president that was uh, a graduate of Lincoln. Yes. He, um, you know, and he, he kind of had the same path as uh, uh, Dr. Mosley. Um, although uh, John Mosley didn't go to Lincoln, but he, as far as, you know, getting to where he became president, he was um, James Frank came back to teach uh, physical education mm -hmm. and he was a basketball coach. Then he became athletic director. He left for a while and then he came back as president. And so they kind of followed the same path to that. But Dr. Frank, uh, I had the pleasure of meeting him many times. And the last time I saw him was when from that picture you, you mm -hmm. talked about, we were at the homecoming game and I can't remember exactly what year. And I sat next to him the whole game and he, mm -hmm. you know, he's watching the game, but I'm asking him all about, well, who did this when this happened? And, 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 and he was very gracious and very patient with me. And, and um, his wife, Zelma, Dr. Zelma Frank, uh, she just finished a book about him and, and i helped her with uh, some research on that and uh, she asked me to write a foreword for that book and she's going to include that picture with it because um he was also the first african-american to serve as chairman of the N ncaa oh okay wow which what? was a, a big you know a, a big milestone so uh very gracious man. He wrote some wonderful speeches. We have a collection of those here in the archives and just uh, a real asset to Lincoln. And we're, we're grateful that he was here. And the name of his wife's book? I I don't know the title. Oh, okay. It's yeah. not it's not out yet. It's, no, it's not. A, it's just now being sent to the uh, editor and the publisher. Well, before we close, I, I want to give you a chance to shout out some of your uh, colleagues there in the archivist uh, area. 
I know Ithaca Bryant has been there forever. <laughs> <laughs> she loved to hear that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think she and I, I don't know, uh, her dad was uh, still there at Lincoln uh, when I, I think when I started in 85. Yeah, yeah uh, Ted Bryant Ted, was in uh -huh. psychology department. Right. Yeah, but, she uh, she's a Lincoln graduate as well. Uh, we have, let me see. Out of, yeah, out of half of the half of the library staff are Lincoln graduates. So, well, uh, I know you have students that you mentor that come up and work uh, as well. And uh, I don't know if Katrina is still with you there. Oh, uh, uh, she uh, she left uh, during COVID. Oh, okay. Twenty. All right. Yeah, she was there for quite a long time. And uh, Bradley, uh, is he still with you? Bradley, Bradley went to. Uh, work in the library in Ohio. Oh, wow. How about that? I used to see him at the, when I'd vote, he'd be there working the, the table. Uh, he, yeah, he's very civic minded. Bradley, this is kind of funny, uh, made me feel old, but Bradley was in uh, a class I was teaching um, called Information Literacy. It's the beginning library science class. And then he went on to get his uh, master's in library science and came back. So he was my former student. Then he became my colleague, kind of like me and you. It <laughs> <Great. laughs> so goes around, it comes around. That's great. Well, Mark Schleer, uh, this has been a real pleasure to kind of go through some memory lane and learn some new things. Uh, we have about uh, 15, 20 seconds. You want to say hi to your mom? <laughs> you know? Uh, well, I I just want to say uh, thanks to all my friends and family and uh, colleagues out there who have supported me. This is my today is my 15th anniversary at working at Lincoln, and I really enjoyed every minute of it. And I, I'm a proud Blue Tiger. Well, congratulations! It's been my pleasure. My pleasure to uh, be your colleague and uh, uh, be your friend. So take Thank care. You. And remember, folks, wherever you are, that is your world. Please leave your world cleaner, more peaceful, and more loving than you found it, because if it is to be, it is up to us. Take care. Talk to you soon.